Welcome to Grace Community Church Wednesday night service. Uh, if it's your first time watching online, we're glad to have you. Uh, my name is Wade, if you're wondering what my name is. And like I said, it's good to see y'all. Glad you're here in person. Let me go ahead and pray for us, and we will get right into tonight's message. Father, thank you for the message that you gave me this week. Lord, I know I need it in my own life right now, and I'm sure that uh, many other people need it. God, I pray that you'll help us to just set everything aside that has been stealing our attention all day, all our worries and cares, and just be able to focus on you right now and hear what it is you have to say to us. And God, I just pray that you'd open every heart and every mind, God, to, to receive what it is you're saying. And uh, help us, Lord, not only to remember these things, but to, to apply these things to our lives so that we can bear the fruit you want us to bear. Uh, so we can bring glory to your name, Lord. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Uh, if you were here last week, we talked about, you know, the grass being greener on the other side. And uh, what we meant by that was, you know, when our life starts, things start piling up and we're just not happy with things, the way that they're turning out or, you know, that our plans didn't go the way that we thought they would. We start looking at our life and we become dissatisfied with it. And we think that, you know, if I just had what they have over there or, you know, if I had something other than what I have, then I'm going to be happy with it. And uh, there's a lot of reasons why that happens. And we talked about a lot of those last week. Uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons our grass starts to look brown and the grass over there starts to look really nice it looks really green uh, most of the time it's not even you know i didn't say this last week but most of the time it's not even the greener grass that we're desiring you know that's not what we really want we think we want what they have because it looks better than what we have but most of the time uh, i just want to escape the grass that i'm in i just want to escape this mess that's piled up around me uh, so not the not really that I want what they have, it's that I just don't want what I have. I don't want to deal with the responsibilities and the work that it's going to take to get my grass green again. Uh, you know, when the grass starts to look greener somewhere else, we've lost hope in our grass. But, you know, to us, it looks like it, we can't restore it. You know, it's gone too far. It's out of control. And uh, it's not really, like I said, that I want what they have. It's just that Mine has become unmanageable for me, and I just want out of mine. And we've lost hope in restoring it. You know, I said last week that there's nothing wrong with our grass. You know, it all started out as a field. It's all the same grass. Uh, the only difference is how we take care of it. And tonight, I want to talk about, uh, it goes right along with what we talked about last week with the grass, but tonight I want to talk about faith and trust. You know, if our grass is looking brown, it's because we're losing hope that it can be restored, that we can bring it back to the way it was before. You know, if our faith is growing weak, it's because our circumstances are starting to look bigger than the trust we have in God to take care of our circumstances. Uh, and either we're doubting that God can fix it, or we're doubting that God will help us, or we're just not willing to take on the responsibility of doing the work 
ourselves that it's going to take to restore things. So tonight, I want to talk about what is our faith in, you know? What is my faith in? What am I putting my trust in? What am I putting my hope in? You know, when things start to pile up, when things get overwhelming, we begin to have what Jesus called little faith. You know, we see that in the Bibles, and a lot of times I've heard it preached this way that uh, Jesus turned around and said, you have no faith, and that's not what he said at all. You know, he told his disciples and other people too, he didn't say they didn't have any faith. He said they had little faith. And what he meant by that was, is, you know, if my anxiety gets bigger than my faith, it's not that I don't have faith. It just means that compared to my problem, my faith is smaller. Compared to my fear, my faith is smaller. And uh, compared to the doubt that I have about whatever situation I'm in, that my faith is smaller. I still have faith. It's just little faith, according to Jesus. And, uh, you know, I don't think a lot of us don't give up on our grass, and we don't give up on our families, and we don't give up on our friends. You know, whatever, whatever the case may be in your life, I think we give up on ourselves. And uh, that's what I want to talk about tonight. We get to the point where we put all the weight on our shoulders instead of giving it to God. And we put all the responsibility on our shoulders, and we don't even realize that somewhere along the line we put our faith in ourselves instead of God. It's not that we don't have faith, we've just moved it from relying on God and having faith in Him to take care of things. You know, I put that on myself, and uh, I think it's up to me to make everything right. So that's what I'm going to talk about tonight. Uh, you know, the enemy's going to tell you that you've lost your faith in God when you get to that point. And that's just not true. You just moved your faith from God to yourself. And when things are not working out, he'll try to make you feel like a failure. He'll make you believe that you're failing your family. He'll make you feel like you're failing at your job. He'll make you feel like you're failing your friends. And he'll even make you feel like you're failing God himself. Uh, when that happens, like I keep saying, and I hope you get this, that don't mean you've lost your faith. It just shifted onto you where it never should have been in the first place. Uh, don't let the enemy deceive you and make you believe that you have zero faith in God because 99.9% .9 of the time, that is not the case. You just have little faith at that point because you put all the responsibility on yourself. Uh, I love Proverbs 24 and verse 10. It says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Uh, you know, if I keep having failure after failure after failure, you know, that should be a, a red flag to me that I'm not counting on God's strength. I'm counting on my own strength. And what that is saying is that if I go into adversity with all the responsibility on myself instead of on God, then I'm relying on my own strength. And I'm relying on my own strength, I'm going to fail. Uh, that's what that verse is saying. If you, if you fail in adversity, then your strength is small. That means I'm depending on my strength instead of God's strength. And when I'm doing that, uh, most of the time I will fail. But if I'm relying on God's strength, He never fails. Uh, yeah. Some of the best things you can learn to say and to do as a follower of Christ, as a Christian, is I don't know what to do. 
you know, sometimes that's the best thing you can say is I have no idea what to do in this situation or I need help. If you can say those two things, that'll save you a whole lot of trouble. It'll save you a whole lot of uh, considering yourself as a failure. It'll, it'll save you just all kinds of things. When we won't admit that we don't know what to do or we won't admit that we need help, that's when we remove ourselves from faith in God and we put all the weight on ourselves, like I've been saying. Uh, Psalm 46 and verse 1 it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of need. So the help is there. The strength is there. But the enemy makes us think that there is something shameful in admitting that we need the help or admitting that we need the strength that we don't have ourselves and admitting that we just don't know what to do. And uh, that's all that is, is a trick from the enemy. It's all through Scripture from cover to cover, God doesn't want us to try to make it on our own. He wants us to trust Him and let Him lead us and guide us the way that we should go. Now, some of the verses I love sharing, and I share them all the time, is Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not under your own understanding. God don't want us to try to figure everything out. He wants us to trust Him. And verse 6 says, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. In all our ways, not just some of them. You know, we should be taking everything that we have to decide to God, and he will give us wisdom. He will uh, show us what to do. That's what it says in James chapter 1 and verse 5. It says, Any of you lack wisdom, if we don't know what to do, Ask God, and he gives unto all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. You know, all we need to do when we don't know what to do is admit it and come to God and say, God, I don't know what to do. And he will hear you, and he will answer you, but you've got to bring it to him. Uh, one of the most frustrating things for me uh, that I hear a lot, and I do hear it a lot, is I'm going through some stuff, you know, I'm trying to figure this out, and then I'll get back in church. But first got to take care of this. And that is just a trap of the enemy. Uh, that's exactly what the enemy wants you to do. When you're going through a hard time, when you don't know what to do, there's no better place to go than straight to God. You know, he is the one with the wisdom. He is the one with the strength. That's just Satan deceiving you so you won't come to God. And all through Scripture, it's saying, come to me, come to me, come to me, bring it to me. Don't be ashamed of it. Bring it here, and I will help you. you know, God don't turn anybody away. It don't matter what you're going through, what you're doing, what the situation is. He's there to help us. God is not our enemy. He's not there to shame us. He's not there to, to get on us for what we're doing. He's not there to get on us because our life is falling apart. He's there to help us put it back together. And uh, the Satan has got the whole world, it seems like, convinced that God is our enemy and we got to hide things from him. He's not going to understand what I'm going through. <coughs> and that is a lie. God is there to help us. He's there for our, for our good. First uh, Peter 5 and verse 7, it says, Cast all your care upon him, for he cares for you. God loves you. You know, if it's sin, he'll forgive you. 
You know, we share Romans 5, 8 at the end of every message on Wednesday night. God knows we're sinners, and he showed his love towards us. That's why Christ died for us. God, if it's sin, he will forgive you. That's why Christ came. We're all sinners. Uh, we talked about this in small group last night at Shelburne Restoration. God already knows everything, you know, so why do we try to hide things from him? Why do we have a problem bringing our problems to him? Uh, if it's money, God will provide. In Philippians 4, verse 19, Paul says, But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And we hear all these verses week after week after week, month after month, but for some reason we think they don't apply to our lives today. We think that that was then, this is now, it's not applicable but it is very applicable. If we'll back up just one verse in Philippians 4 to verse 18, we see how God did that. We'll see how he provided Paul's needs. And Paul said, but I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus, the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable and well-pleasing to God. So, God didn't drop a box of supplies from heaven to Paul. He moved in the heart to the people in the church to meet the needs of Paul. And they sent him gifts. You know, wherever he was at at the time, they would send him what he needed. And you still see that in the church today. You know, I've never need, or never need, I've never seen a need in this church that wasn't brought before the people and the, the people of God did not meet. I've never seen that here. That's one thing I love about this church. If you put a need out there, people rise up and somehow they get it. And uh, But you have to bring the need out. You know, if nobody knows there's a need, then there's no help coming. And I think that's where a lot of us are. Instead of saying, I need help, I don't know what to do, we just sit there uh, silent about it and expect things to change. And they're not going to change if we don't put them out there. It's all about communication. We've got to share what we're going through to get help with what we're going through. If we back up even a little further, that's what it's talking about. In Philippians 4, verses 14 through 17, they communicated about their needs. Uh, Paul says, notwithstanding, you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. They heard about his affliction. They talked about it among themselves in the church. And they stepped up and they did something about it. If we keep reading, it says, Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. He's telling the Philippians, you're the only one out of all the churches that communicated with me and helped meet my needs. For even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again under my necessity. Not because I desire gifts, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Uh, so they communicated about their needs, and God puts fruit in your <coughs> in your account when you help somebody else. The Holy Spirit in you becomes stronger the more you serve other people and grow in the Lord. That's what He's talking about when He says, "I desire fruit that may abound to your account." You know, that's, he's talking about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The more we serve God, the more we help others, 
then we grow. The Holy Spirit in us becomes stronger. And the more you, you grow in the Lord, you know, we, we see the needs getting done almost every day here at this church. And I love that. Uh, you know, the food, food pantry is a perfect example of that. You see people all week long, not just on Sunday, but almost every day of the week. Somebody's coming here and uh, they state their need and their need is met. And that's no different than what we just read in Philippians there. You know, it's almost exactly the same. Uh, communicating our needs and watching God provide our needs. God is still moving. He has not changed. Uh, he still does the same thing now that he was doing then. But if we never communicate our needs, if we never ask for help, then we'll go home hungry. And we're going to feel like a failure because we've taken on ourselves the role of provider. And, you know, when we can't provide, our faith in ourselves causes us to lose hope. So we have to keep our faith in God. And we've got to communicate when we're going through something and receive the help that's there. The help is always there. We just don't communicate it all the time. Pastor Josh has been preaching on the the last few Sundays out of Second uh, Corinthians chapter 6 on the proof of Christ in our lives. And he said Sunday, you know, there's people all around you going through hard things, but just to talk to them or just to see them, you know, you wouldn't be able to tell if you didn't know because they brought those things to Jesus, like he says in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, and they've yoked with him, and he's helping to carry that weight for them. Uh, the problems are not small, and they didn't go away, but they know that they couldn't carry them on their own. And that's what he's saying in these verses. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Like I said, that don't make your problems go away. It don't erase them, but it makes them a whole lot easier to go through when you get the weight off of your shoulders and realize I'm not responsible for everything. I'm responsible to take my cares to God like his word says, and put my trust in him that he's going to get me through these things. I'm not on my own. It's not all up to me. We have a God, a powerful God, that helps us take care of these things. He helps us with our grief. He helps us with our problems. He helps us with sin when we get in sin. He helps us in financial situations. He helps us in sorrow. If we're going through sorrow, there's nothing we go through that God won't help us with. Uh, in Psalm 34, verses 17 through 19, it says, The righteous cry, and the Lord hears, and he delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saves such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. You know, just because we're Christians, just because we're followers of Christ, that don't change the world we live in. You know, Brother Ross was saying that in small group last night. He's like, I turned my life around. I'm trying to be holy and live for God. But the world didn't change. And that's exactly right. The world did not change. We're going to have many afflictions. But the Lord delivers them out of them all. If we bring things to God, he will get us through things. 
you know, I got a few examples here. You know, Josh and Jordan is a great example. You know, they started off the year with just one thing right after another. They lost their child, and right after that, uh, Josh lost his dad. And right after that, the greenhouse was attacked. And all that was within a week. And you're like, you know, how does he still function? How does he still do his classes? How does he still get up there on Sunday mornings and preach? And how did Jordan still have the strength to, to teach at the women's conference? Because of the, <coughs> the verses that we just read. They're yoked with Jesus. And they're yoked with each other in Christ. And they're yoked with the people of God and the family of God. They're not trying to bear the burden all by themselves. They're not carrying all that weight. And, uh, and I know for a fact, if you ran into either one of them on the street, you wouldn't be able to tell they were going through anything. Because they, they have trust and faith in God. You know, they still show up for church with a smile on their faces and true love in their heart. Not pretend love. but still genuine because they have faith in God. Uh, I got a bunch of examples here. You know, Pastor DJ and his wife Rachel, they got the news early on a Sunday morning just a few weeks ago that Rachel's, Rachel's mom's house was on fire. Uh, and it was a total loss. I mean, they lost everything. But they got out with their lives and their health and everything. And that was early Sunday morning. But he still showed up for praise practice at 7 o'clock with real praise in his heart. It wasn't, wasn't pretend praise. You know, how do they do that? They are yoked with Jesus too. <coughs> and they have faith in God. They're like King David, and they know where their strength comes from. I love this in Psalm 121, verses 1 through 8. When I see people going through stuff like that, and uh, they can go on with their life, how do they do that? Because they know where their help comes from. But Psalm 121 says, A song for pilgrims ascending to Jerusalem. Uh, he says, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? And, he, you know, that's a rhetorical question is no. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go both now and forever. There's not a moment God's not watching over you ever you know god wants to help you and uh, you know they're not the only ones i'll give you some more examples i won't give you their names because i believe that's their stories to tell if they want you to know what who they are and what they're going through but i just want you to know some of the things that people are going through and this is not all of them this is just a very few of them and you can't tell they're going through them because they're yoked with christ and they're relying on his strength and not their own strength. They place their faith in him and not themselves. His strength and not their own. Uh, just last Tuesday, we had a man in the hospital. And, uh, you know, he was supposed to be getting an operation that was going to help him. 
And then you got the news that he has a brain tumor that is inoperable, they say now. And uh, he had the choice. You know, he could have left there and went and did anything he wanted to do. But he left the hospital and showed up here Tuesday night for Celebrate Restoration, uh, the same night after receiving that news. And I remember when he walked through the door, I looked at DJ and I said, <clears throat> you know, to me, that is proof of Jesus right there. That's proof he has Christ in his heart. You know, he could have went anywhere or done anything he wanted to, but he came here because he's got Jesus in his heart and he knows where his help comes from. Uh, you know, this Sunday morning, just this past Sunday, you know, one of our brothers got the news at 3.30 in the morning that his mom passed away. <coughs> but him and his family still showed up for church with smiles on their faces. You couldn't, couldn't tell anything was going on. They showed up to teach the children in children's church because their faith in Christ uh, is that real. And I like to think mine's that real. You know, he knew his mom's in paradise with Jesus, and no way to, no better way to be closer to her than to serve the one that she's with. You know, to me, that's evidence, that's proof in your life that you really believe what you say you believe. And you know in your heart that God's word is true, and Jesus Christ really is the Savior of the world. And, uh, you know, if we really believe that, and when we do lose a loved one, we believe that right now, one by one, those that we love are going, uh, those that belong to him are going to be with him. And that one day, all of us that belong to him are going to be with him. And eternal life is a reality right now. It's not some distant thing in the future that may or may not be true. If you really believe that in your heart, you will see it in your life. Uh, Another example, I know one of the guys here at church had surgery yesterday. And he had every excuse to stay home last night because he was in pain and I just had surgery, you know. But he chose to, to get up and come on to CR last night, and he did. You know, why did he do that? Because like all the others I just talked about, like King David we just read about, he knows where his help comes from. <coughs> He knows it comes from the Lord. It comes from God himself. Uh, God is hope. I'll give you another hope story. Another one of the men here in the church, he went yesterday to a hearing he, he had to go to, and he had every expectation uh, that he was going to lose all the rights to his, to his child. You know, he'd been dreading that for months and not looking forward to it, but he went into it. <coughs> in faith instead of fear. And, uh, you know, he didn't just go into yesterday in faith, but for months he's been seeking God and doing exactly what the Bible says in James 1.22. He's been doing, doing what God's Word says and not just hearing about it, putting his faith into action and doing the things that God's Word says to do. And he not only didn't lose his rights, he gained his rights. Now he has visitation. <clears throat> to legally be able to go see his daughter. And last night, he was full of faith, you know, full of belief, because he could see in his own life the promises of God coming true in his life. 
And when we're obedient to God, when we bring our problems to God, he does prove himself in our life. And that builds up our faith. And it did build up his faith. But it didn't just build up his faith. It built up the faith of everybody around it, around him. You know, it gave them hope. They could see what God's doing in his life. And, you know, that sparks hope in people. They're like, well, if God will do it for him, I know he's going to do it for me too. Because God's not a respecter of persons. That's why we should share when God is doing something in our lives. You know, Pastor Josh says it all the time. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Uh, but you've got to have something to say. You know, if we never bring our problems to God and he's never able to move in our lives, then we have nothing to share with others. If you can't, if you don't bring your problems to God, then he can't help you with them. Uh, so I've just sat here and shared with you just story after story after story of people going through really hard things, but God's helping them through them. You know, he's comforting them. He's providing for them. He's giving them direction on what do I need to do next. Uh, but sadly, just as many stories as I just shared with you, there's many more stories that are not going well. And uh, the reason for that is not that the stories are any different or the circumstances are any worse, but they're the ones I talked about earlier. You know, their faith is not in God. They won't give up control of the situation. they got a hold of that responsibility. They've got a hold of I'm in control, and they won't let go and trust God that he'll help them if they'll just surrender it to him. They won't submit themselves to God. That's why you keep hearing, i got to figure this out. Once I get through this, then I'll do that. You know, once this is over, once this is passed, then I'll do that. I know what I need to do, but, and, uh, you know, like I said earlier, those conversations really, really frustrate me. And uh, not frustrate me like I'm disappointed in people. It frustrates me because... I really love those people, and, uh, you know, it hurts to watch people go through the suffering that they don't have to go through, because I know for a fact, without a doubt, if they would bring these things to God and just submit to Him, that He would help them through it. He would fix the situation for them. So it frustrates me because I love them, not because I'm disappointed in them. Uh, you know, ask yourself, are you going through a hard time right now? You know, I know I am. Uh, my hand goes up, and I know a lot of you are too. You know, my mom's going through a really hard time right now, and I know a lot of your moms are going through a hard time right now. Uh, but I'm not leaning on my own understanding. I have no idea how to handle some of the things I'm going through right now because I've never went through them before. I don't know which way to go. I don't know what to do. Uh, but I know God does. <coughs> and I trust him. And I'm going to follow his lead on it. You know, I've given, I've given up all my rights to my faith in myself because I've seen my results. And I don't want my results anymore. Uh, I want his results. And that's what I want for all of you, too, are his results. And, uh, you know, if you just keep trying over and over and over and it's just fails, 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 
you know, try something different. Trust God. Uh, take him for a test job. Truly submit to him. Bring your problem to him. Put your faith in him. He will not fail you. And, uh, you know, I hear a lot of people, why should I put my trust in God? And why should my faith be in God alone? Because he is trustworthy. He is steady. And he is consistent. You know, we're none of those things. You know, we're wishy-washy. Without God, with us in charge, we make a mess. You know, we're trustworthy sometimes. We're steady sometimes. We're consistent sometimes. But God is always trustworthy. He is always steady, and he is always consistent. And he has all power, all strength. You know, we don't. Sometimes we have strength. Sometimes we have the power, but not all the time. God has all wisdom. He has the answers. You know, we don't. Sometimes we may have an answer, but God has everything we need all the time. That's why we should put our trust in God. That's why we should put our faith in God alone. And those are just some of the things uh, in the definition of faith. You know, I looked up the definition of faith, and those are just a few of the things. Uh, here are a few more. Faith means I really believe what God says, so I act on it. You know, just like we just read in James there. I don't just hear it. I trust God because I really believe him, and I'm going to actually do what he says. Uh, one part I really like in the definition of faith, it means to remain in one place. You know, it's not wishy-washy. Once I put my faith in Christ, I stay there. I plant my feet, and when a storm comes, I don't move. I stay right there no matter what's going on around me, and I trust God's going to get me through this. And uh, my faith hadn't always been like that. I would trust God up to a certain point, and then when it got really bad, then I'll turn to what what works fast. You know, I would turn to alcohol or, or whatever your thing is. You fill in the blank for yourself. But, uh, Faith means I believe God is dependable and he will come through no matter how long it takes and he won't let me down. Uh, another thing that stuck out to me in that definition, faith also means fidelity. That means I'm true to God. Uh, my faith is in God alone. You know, like I said, I don't cheat on him because I trust something else to get me through this other than him. Like I just said with the alcohol, I trust God up to a certain point, and then when it got too bad, I'd give up on God, go back to the alcohol, right back downhill, I would go quickly. And then, like I said, you fill in the blank if you're doing that too. Uh, when we put our faith in God, we got to give him time to work. we got to wait on the Lord and let him do his thing. He will not give up on you, and he will not fail you. But God never, never intended for us to figure out our problems on our own. You know, he gives us his word as a guide. And he puts people in our lives to give us godly advice. They're all around us if we'll just listen to them. Uh, see people getting advice all the time, really great advice. And they hear it, and they hear it, and they hear it, but they don't apply it. And if we don't apply it, it does not work. You can get the best advice in the world, and if you don't do it, it's not going to help you a bit. 
you know, we talked a, a few weeks ago, you can read every book in the world and get all the knowledge in the world, but if you don't apply any of it, it's not going to help you at all. So God gives us his word as a guide, and he puts people in our lives to give us godly advice. But we've got to make sure it's godly advice. You know, if somebody's giving you advice, take a look at their life before you take their advice. And if their life is falling apart, you know, don't take advice from them. Find somebody that's firm in their faith and their life looks like it should look, then take advice from them. There's nothing that does more damage than ungodly advice that's only fueled by somebody else's emotions, somebody else's hatred about what you're going through because they went through the same thing and it didn't work out well for them, uh, or their opinions or their anger. If you're getting ungodly advice, it will, it will tear your life apart. You know, if you're in a tough spot, if you're carrying the weight and you feel like you're sinking, uh, remember the verse we read a while ago in Proverbs 24 and verse 10? It's probably because you're relying on your own strength. It's probably because you're not bringing it to God. And uh, if things are falling apart, if you do feel overwhelmed, if you do feel like you're sinking, take a good look at the situation and uh, realize and remember that your strength is small, but God's is not. And, uh, you know, quit putting... Quit putting faith in yourself and bring it to God. Uh, if, like I told you at the beginning, all that's going to do if we're putting faith in ourselves is eventually it'll cause us to lose hope and we'll wind up feeling hopeless. It'll, we'll wind up losing faith because we'll feel like, you know, God himself is abandoning me. Or it'll make you feel like a failure and lead you further from the only one who can pull you out of that pit. Bring it to God and let him help you. Take it to some godly people that you know and take the advice that they give you. Uh, and if you don't know how to bring it to God, that's exactly where you need to start. You know, go to somebody you know has faith and just say, I don't have any idea what to do and explain to them your situation and God will take it from there. He really will. I know that sounds too simple to work, but how do you think anybody gets advice? At some point, the conversation has to start. You just go to somebody, you know, that's strong in their faith and say, I'm going through this, and I have no idea what to do about it. You know, I've had a few weeks like that in the last month, and uh, I have no problem going to somebody and saying, this is new. I have no idea what to do with it. I need some help. And I take their advice, and I do what people recommend, and it goes well. But if I try to figure it out on my own, then I'll, I will make a mess of it. Uh, I want to read these verses out of Psalm 40, verses 1 through 3. <clears throat> David says, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire, and he set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. You know, that reminded me when I was reading that today 
it reminded me of the situation I was talking about earlier uh, where my brother thought he was going to lose his rights. You know, he waited patiently on the Lord. But while he was working, he or while he was waiting, he was putting in the work. He was doing what God's Word said to do. <clears throat> he was being patient and waiting on the Lord instead of getting in a hurry and trying to make things happen himself. And he waited patiently on the Lord, like we just read. And God came through. The Lord always comes through if we do things His way. So I don't know what your situation in your situation is, but God does. Like we said a minute ago, God already knows. You don't you don't have to worry about bringing it to Him how He's going to react about it. God already knows. He knows everything, and so do you. You already know. If you're overwhelmed, if you know this is too big for you, if you know you can't handle it by yourself, then bring it to God. You know, stop relying on your own strength. You know, keep asking yourself, is my faith in myself or is it in somebody else or is my faith in God? Uh, you know, don't let shame or pride keep you from putting your faith in God because I promise you, he will not fail you. That is just a trick of the enemy. He, he wants you to feel ashamed about bringing things to God. He wants you to be afraid of bringing things to God. But none of those things are true. God don't put any shame on you. He's nobody to be afraid of. We should have fear of the Lord. That just means we should be uh, humble before God, realize who He is and who we are. We should have an awesome amount of respect for God, reverence for God. But we shouldn't be afraid of him. He's a loving father. And uh, he helps us through our problems. And he will not fail you. But it starts with whatever your problem is that you are in control of now. It starts with surrendering your will to God's will. Your rights to God. You know, surrendering your heart to Jesus Christ as Lord. And uh, when you belong to him, he will help you through no matter what you're going through. But it starts, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord, that's where it has to start. And I, I never want to end a message without giving you an opportunity to do that, if you haven't done that. Uh, maybe you gave your heart to the Lord a long time ago, but you took the reins back, and now you're in control. You're trying to fight through things and take care of them on your own strength. And like I said to start with, that don't mean you have no faith. That means you have little faith. You've shifted the responsibility back off of God, back onto yourself. And now you feel the weight of it. But God is still there. Like we just read in Psalm 46, 1, He is an ever-present help in time of need. He'll be there no matter what is going on in your life. All we got to do is give Him the reins and let Him take control of it. But if you've never surrendered your life to Christ, it's really simple. All you got to do is... Uh, pray to God and tell him, I know I need a Savior. I know I need your help. And uh, invite him into your heart, and he'll come into your heart right there. And uh, the Bible says in Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So if today you have decided to put your faith in God and ask Him to be your Savior, tell somebody. Uh, you can call them. You can 
talk to them face to face, whatever. But the Bible says, tell somebody I've, I've surrendered my life to Christ today. And with your confession, the Bible says you are saved. And uh, I always say, don't let somebody else tell you that you're too bad. God can't do nothing for you. But uh, I think other than it being other people telling us we're too bad and God can't do anything with us, I think oftentimes it's ourselves telling us that. If you feel so unworthy that not even God can save you, Romans 10:13 says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that don't matter what you've done, where you've been, what you are currently doing, if you're still doing it, it don't matter. God will take you just as you are. Uh, all you got to do is call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. And if you're not, I hope you do that today. Uh, and like I said, don't be ashamed. It don't matter what kind of sin you're involved in or not involved in. Romans 5, 8, we just read a while ago, said God showed his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. None of us are absent of sin. We're all sinners. We all came short of the glory of God. We talked about, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, that's what qualifies us for getting saved. Uh, I think that was two weeks ago. You know, if we never sinned, then, you know, Jesus can't do us any good. He is a Savior. We need saving from sin. But if you are a sinner, you're qualified for salvation. Uh, that's the one thing we shouldn't be ashamed of. Bring it to Jesus. Tell him you need him, and he will save you. But I hope this message helps somebody tonight. You know, I know there's a lot of us. I know me, myself. I'm bad about, I want to take on responsibility. I want to fix things. Uh, rely on my own strength. And I try to leave God out of it. God don't want us to leave him out of anything. We just read that in Proverbs 3, 6. He said, in all our ways, acknowledge him. Not some of them. Every single one of them. Acknowledge him and he will direct our paths. So I hope that helps somebody. I know it's helped me this week. I've been a constant reminder all week. Bring it to God. Bring it to God. Bring it to God. Because I am going through things that I'm not sure how to handle. And uh, God is helping me get through them. And he will help you too. But that's my message tonight. I want to thank you all for coming out. If you're here in person. Uh, thank you for tuning in. If you're watching online, let me pray for us and we will be dismissed. Father, thank you again for this message. I thank you for the help you're giving me right now in my life. And Lord, I just pray that you'd touch the hearts of everybody watching, everybody that's here tonight. Lord, I know some of the situations that are represented here tonight. God, and I just pray that people would uh, just have the courage to come to you and, and to know that you are there to help us. You are there to comfort us. You are there to provide for us. That you really are our helper in time of need. And I pray, Father, that you would help us all to take advantage of that and to put our faith solely in you, God, and quit trying to fix things ourselves, quit trying to be strong enough on our own. Lord, I just pray that you'd move in every heart and help us, Father, to bring things to you that we need to bring to you and let you do what you do for us. Lord, we thank you for loving us, and we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.